Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max, Monday Night Raw, review. Welcome everyone to the Wrestling to the Max Monday Night Review. That's right, the Monday Night Raw Review, if I can say that right. Uh, it is June 12th, 2017 edition we are talking about. And this Raw, of course, is a lot more of that stuff that we are getting excited about leading up to their next big show. And, you know, getting excited too to see if there's anything good coming out of the show. You'll get, in, you'll get into more of that later. We'll talk about good and maybe... a a lot of bad uh, but <laughs> let's talk about the fact that you can find us not only on w2mnet.com but you can also find us wherever you get your podcast that's right maybe you listen to apple podcast maybe you find it on podcast addict it doesn't matter where you find it all that matters is that you go and you subscribe to wrestling to the max you rate you review you do all those kind things for us and of course hey if you're a big fan of everything we have on our website w2mnet.com Go ahead and go subscribe at Wrestling uh, to the Max's family at the W2M Network. So that'll give you, you know, everybody involved, and it's going to be a lot of fun if you go check that out. Trust me, it's worth your time. Uh, I am Gary Vaughn, and your host is Mr. Paul Leeser. Hey, And Paul, we, we've got a Monday Night Raw. I kind of alluded to it a little bit to talk about here that may or may not be in the favor of some folks, but we'll get into that. Let's go ahead and jump in. Tell you what, if you were a fan of wrestling during the Monday Night Wars and you watched the openings of both shows and the uh, endings of both shows, you would have been right at home on this episode of Raw. Because um, they, they open strong and they close strong and everything else in the middle is just a whole bunch of blech. Except there's a few bright spots for me, but I, I don't know if everybody else is going to be as into it as I am. But let's let's open with the fun stuff. Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out first. The crowd is already super hyped to see them uh, after last week's exchange. And Heyman comes down to uh, sort of break down how he felt last week's interaction with Samoa Joe Wynn in that he showed him respect. He did all the right things, and he ended up getting choked out for it and goes on to say that Samoa Joe's description of what was going to happen to him was absolutely correct. And then he starts running Joe down about how many Samoans have been in the business and how they're always infinitely proud of whatever they accomplish, except for Samoa Joe because he's this barbaric brute and doesn't uh, really go along with that um, because he's a mutt. He's not a part of that lineage, technically. Um, no no relation to the Annoy family, which is what Heyman's referring to here. And, you know, as impressive as Joe is, he's never going to be able to get that submission hold on Brock Lesnar He's not going to be able to do all the things uh, that he claims he's going to do and starts uh, getting close to putting the bad mouth out before Samoa Joe walks down to the ring with purpose. Stops a little short. Brock Lesnar dares him to get in. He does. They go face-to-face. And uh, Joe tries to do that headbutt thing that is one of the most famous angles from TNA's history on Brock. 
he kind of misses, uh, and I don't think Brock sells it as well, but it does lead to this awesome pull-apart brawl where security gets beat up, uh, they have to bring wrestlers down, they do a not-so-great job of keeping them apart, and Brock eats this absolutely brutal mafia kick to the face, I guess, to sort of make up for the missed headbutt. <laughs> and uh, they finally are separated, and I, I love this. It's great heat. I love pull-apart brawls, especially when the crowd is super into it. It just makes for such a cool moment, and this absolutely was a great follow-up to what they did last week for these two. I agree with that. And you know what also helps us is the crowd was pretty into it. And I don't think this crowd was too bad on this episode of Raw. Despite the, you know, there were some times when, honestly, it's, it's hard to even get a, you know, a rowdy crowd sometimes up for certain things. But I think for the most part, they did a good job. And especially for the big moments, the crowd was into it. And I appreciated that from them. It really helped the show go along. And they were, like you said, they were definitely into this brawl. Paul Heyman set it up perfectly. Could we expect anything less, though? I mean, let's be honest. I think, you know, that's why he is employed with WB, and that's why he is perfect with a guy like Brock Lesnar. He is the guy to to open the tent to the circus and get you excited. And I think overall, you know, this brawl felt important. It was very strong. And this looked like King Kong versus Godzilla. All the way throughout this entire segment. And that's so important. I think it means a lot, especially leading into a B pay-per-view like Great Balls of Fire, where you probably got a lot of fans, honestly, just look at the title alone and may not be like, eh, that's what I'm going to watch. Now, with this feud going, this is all they need to see. This is the only feud, really, we need to see to get into watching that pay-per-view. And so far, bang-up job on, on this whole thing. And I'm I'm happy with this whole thing of Godzilla versus King Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super hyped for this match. Um, even though I was kind of hoping it was going to be Finn, them doing this with Samoa Joe right now is is absolutely the most interesting thing on Raw. It clearly head and shoulders above the rest. Um, so I, I, I can't wait for Great Balls of Fire. As crappy a name as that pay-per-view as that main event should be. Uh, living up to the name, for sure. Man, last week really really uh, establish Samoa Joe as somebody that you should care about, that you should be interested in, and is absolutely a threat to Brock Lesnar. Uh, I, I still don't think he's going to win, but it does. It, there's a little bit of doubt there that maybe he could walk away to the championship right now, and you're absolutely right on the big fight field. That is how they book every Brock match. Sometimes it works out very well, like right now, or um, his first encounter um, with uh, with Cena felt like a big fight. Uh, Randy to an extent did too, uh, and and Goldberg for sure the first time around. Uh, so you know they they do a, a good job. There's some other times where it, like the rematches they continue to try to make the big fight feel happen. It just doesn't usually go that way. But for this one for sure, especially with Joe who looks very legitimate inside the ring with what he does. Um, using chokes and stuff like that, and that's something Brock does. It feels like they're on equal footing, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and that's what's so special about it. And I am so thrilled that they decided to go this route that they did tonight. In a way, to be honest with you, from what we talked about last week, I thought they may come in here and you're going to have Brock Lesnar turning tables over, mm-hmm. uh, in wrestlers all around the ring, and just basically running through everyone just to prove a point. And, you know, that works to an extent sometimes i think this was much smarter i'm very happy with this i think overall it made this episode of raw at least have something that you can take and and value right because i i think if they went the way we were talking last week it would have made brock seem way more unstoppable than he needed to be doing this and quote-unquote unleashing the beast on bra are on joe like this joe stood up to him face to face they traded blows like, they both came away looking better for this, in my opinion. That's exactly what you want here. Oh, agreed. Um, uh, let, let's go and just, we'll, we'll get all the good stuff out of the way, and then we can make fun of the rest of the show as we go. <laughs> <laughs> the fun times. Yeah. Uh, the main event is a two out of three falls match with Cesaro and Sheamus defending the Raw Tag Team Championships against the Hardy Boys. Uh, throughout the evening, you get a lot of promos from both guys. There's video packages. 
Um, they really do a good job, I think, of hyping this up to feel like it it's a big main event feel. And then you get to the match. I thought this was very well worked by both teams. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus get the first fall. Uh, then the Hardys come back to tie it up. And then they end the match. Everybody's brawling on the floor. It goes to a double countout. The referee throws the entire match out. So, obviously, we'll get a rematch here at Great Balls of Fire in some sort um, between these two teams. Or, or maybe even next week on Raw, for all we know at this point. But for as much as these guys have been feuding, I I don't know if it's still, it's still fresh, but it's still entertaining, right? Like, these guys feel equal. And I think that's what they're trying to do here. And that the division has been on the Hardy's shoulder really since WrestleMania and the Superstar Shakeup. That they're trying to turn Cesaro and Sheamus into at least somebody who can be on that equal foot. So whenever they get around to these other teams that we're going to talk about next, um, they at least have some interest going for them. Yeah, they've got to do that. And that's what's awesome about, you know, like you're saying here, the Hardys being a part of this and the fact that now we're really feeling that gelling of Sheamus and Cesaro, mm-hmm. it means that we can move on with this tag division and maybe the Hardys can still be involved in around the title picture, but eventually you're going to have the opportunity to move on to other feuds and do other things. And it doesn't have to be all on the back of the Hardys. It's so easy to do that. I mean, those guys are veterans. They've got enough fan support behind them. It's, it's a cakewalk. But right. you can't rely on the Hardys forever, especially with the fact that, I mean, they can only do so much it, with your, you know, using new talent, you know, using guys that have been there for a while, but maybe not at the popularity of the Hardys. You're giving other people an opportunity. And not only that, you're spreading the wealth around and it's much appreciated, you know, so it's it's good. And I'm kind of happy with what they're doing. I'm a big Cesaro fan. No, I'm not a big Seamus fan, like I say, every week you know, on Raw, but I, I still respect him, and I think he does a fine job in, in the ring. Um, but together, they actually do feel good, and I'm happy about that. So, kudos to all that. The match itself on this episode of Raw being the main event also was great. You know, it, let's be honest, they don't usually end Raw with a tag match mm-hmm. especially just even a, just, i know it's a tag title match and it's a two out of three falls but still we usually see that about mid-range in the show and so this is kind of an also another special thing where it's it's cool that they're giving these guys that opportunity to kind of main event and it, it did feel special and i think the match overall kind of lived up to that right the ending wasn't you know spectacular because it was a count out but at the same point you got all the stuff you wanted and not only that the hardys got to send everybody home happy mm-hmm. despite the fact that they did not re you know regain their tag title so i'm okay with it i i enjoy the ending here pretty well yeah i'm absolutely okay with this too and uh these i mean these guys have been having good to great matches the entire time they've been feuding so the more you want to keep them in the ring together is fine by me at this point because um, the rest of the tag division sort of all caught up in other stuff. Uh, Enzo and Cass are going to have a rematch with um, Gallison Anderson since Cass got attacked last week. Well, the same thing happens to him again. He gets uh, assaulted in the back. He got hit with one shot with another one of the uh, steel pieces of the set. You see the Revival walking around in the background and beat a hasty retreat. And uh, this week, though, Cass is very uh, gung-ho about competing with Enzo this week. So they go out there. They get... um, Well, first, Gallus and Anderson get a little bit of promo time to sort of mock uh, Cass for falling down again and and getting beat up and all this stuff. And then Enzo and Cass come out for the match. They lose. Uh, Enzo eats the magic killer. It looks like he's going to get beat down some more. Except here comes the big show to run them off. He's, uh, Enzo gives him a hug for saving his life, essentially, and Cass sort of is on the apron looking at Big Show like, hey, bro, that's, that's my side piece right there, you know? <laughs> Oof. You know, <laughs> you said it perfectly. Here's the thing. You know, I watch enough television with my wife and watch these scenarios in many different TV shows where they set it up like where it looks like the person's cheating and they're not really in the other person that's you know in the relationship it's like I caught you red handed and that's exactly the uncomfortable feeling I felt with this and it's kind of funny to say that because it's just a tag team right but I felt that same uncomfortable feeling I'm like no Kaz don't think that way you know don't 
So I really like that. It, it actually made me have some emotion towards what they're doing. And, you know, let's be honest, I don't really know any time that I really felt a lot of emotion besides just kind of like, yay, go Enzo and Kaz. Mm-hmm. This is actually good uh, for the most part. And I like that they did make me feel something coming out of this. I don't know. Like, I, I get this, and I know this whole mystery of who is it, and we all think it's the revival. This Big Show interaction, though, kind of throws me a little bit, and I appreciate the fact that they kind of set him up as, you know, the goat here, to where he's the guy that they're going to pick on, the Big Show, of all people. Are- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to pick on, mm-hmm. but... It's it, where's that's gonna basically what I'm, what I'm saying is where's that gonna actually end up because we're expecting the revival to be the actual guys and when they're revealed does this leave Big Show where he's gonna continually hate Enzo and Kaz is is Kaz and Enzo gonna split because of Big Show and then that really where does that leave the revival so there's those aspects of it that I'm still asking those questions right mm-hmm. where does the Big Show actually land in this whole foray. I don't know. I kind of like this because it does ask those questions, right? Like, you have the what is essentially a love triangle between a bromancing Enzo and Big Cass with Big Show sort of starting to step in. You have Gallus and Anderson sort of left on the outside looking in, unfortunately, in this situation, as they're probably going to end up being the fodder for this. And you have the Revival who seem to be trying to play... Enzo and Cass at odds over, you know, the the paranoia they're creating from attacking them and trying to move them out of the way so maybe they can clear up this spot at the top of the line to challenge for the belts whenever Dash's uh, jaw is no longer wired shut. So there, there's a lot of intrigue, I guess is the word I'm looking for here, between all this because you could end up in a situation where, yeah, the Revival looking strong... Cass could be a heel and they could push him as a single star if they want while they pair up Enzo and Big Show to do whatever for however much longer Big Show's going to be around. And uh, you could sort of work it that way if you wanted to. So that way you have a fresh tag team and Cass can go and be a heel on his own or or figure something else out for him, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And maybe that could be the case. But I don't know. I look at this as... That's not a winning situation for Kaz either. I don't think that fans want to not be a fan of Kaz, right? Mm-hmm. Being a heel, yes, some fans get behind heels, but let's be honest. I think WWE really looks at Kaz as, a, as an awesome babyface for him. He's giant. He's big and strong. He's you know not a terribly looking guy, and so they've got a situation where they love these type of guys. But for the most part, they're putting him in babyface roles. That way they can use him in other directions and and feud with some guys that maybe they feel like don't have that exact formula. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm totally okay if Big Show and Enzo were to tag up. I think those two guys would seemingly have a pretty awesome relationship for the fact that we've seen Big Show and Mysterio work wonders, right? I mean, so it's basically the same scenario. It's just, you know, 2017, and Mysterio's got bad knees, and he's wherever he is training his son. Um, So I look at this as a situation where we can go those multitude of roads, and you're pointing out a couple of them here. I think that that's what is cool, but for for my personal hope and the way I want it to see it go down, I still want to see Enzo and Kaz stay together. I totally am cool if they no longer are a tag team, if maybe Enzo's a manager. But I just I don't know if I'm ready for those guys to split up just yet. And I don't know if I really want Big Show to be that guy to kind of be involved and to break them up. I don't know if I like that too much. But, hey, we'll see. I mean, I, I think right. Big, Show, Big Show is a great veteran. He is someone who is really is interesting, and they're making him interesting. I actually care about what Big Show is doing on Monday Night Raw, Paul. That's very odd and, and very unusual. So, right. they're doing a good job of that. 
you know, we've seen this before in the WWE with with Big Show as an example, where uh, whenever he tagged up with the Undertaker to get involved in the Brothers of Destruction thing way back in the early uh, 2000s, it was an opportunity for him to sort of sit there and and take take a page from the Undertaker, take a page from Kane, who have been around for a long time, to to learn different things about whatever. And that could certainly be the case with what they're trying to do with Enzo if they want to pair those guys up. Plus, Big Show does have a history of making these random tags work, like Jarrah Show, um, his tag team with The Miz as well, uh, Show Miz. So, I mean, you got you got so many, you know, different uh, historical things that you can use here to try to 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 validate what you want to do with Big Show and Cass, or Enzo here because Enzo is definitely the one obviously that needs to work as far as inside ring stuff goes and uh, if they want to keep him as a wrestler if they don't then that's fine I think he'd be a great manager too but uh, I think they're just trying to figure out what they really want to do with Enzo here and maybe exploring this thought line right now while the tag division sort of in a great deal of flux um, isn't a bad time to do it you know yeah, exactly, and I just don't want to see another tag team taken apart, and then, I don't know, hey, you still got a tag team, yes, because you'll have, I guess they'll call them Big Zo, what will they call them, I don't know, I, that's I have no thing. idea. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's my first initial thought, Big Zo, who knows, um, uh, but anyway, my, my point in all this is, I'm looking at this as, you're right, that they have opportunities here, but it just does not, I don't know, sit with me well. And I just kind of hope for better things for Big Kaz. I, I I like the level lovers quarrel and all that. Even between Big Show and Enzo, right? Because they don't end on a really a happy note. Because mm-hmm. you know Enzo kind of pisses off Big Show. So this, you know, once again, it brings out emotion. You kind of care. You're kind of trying to figure out what's happening here, and that's it's a really positive thing because you want people to come back and hey, what's going to happen next? And that's what is great. And you got to do this type of stuff, especially during the summertime when people have got a hundred other things they can do, watch and see. This is the kind of stuff that's going to keep people shaking raw out. Absolutely. Um, something that maybe not uh, will keep people checking Raw out is what they did with The Miz and Dean Ambrose this week. Uh, they have uh, Miz ends up uh, attacking Dean Ambrose during his match with Elias Sampson. Uh, costs him the match. Uh, so Elias gets another big win there, which is, which is good for him as he's still sort of new. Uh, Angle encounters Miz backstage and is all pissed off at him because he's creating another situation he has to deal with after uh, so recently having to put down Joe and, and Brock's huge brawl. Um, Angle wants to suspend or fire him. Um, and uh, Miz says, you know what? Ambrose is the issue here. He's the crazy guy. You should suspend or fire him. And uh, Angle isn't going to really do any of that, though, because... Um, he tells Miz to deal with that on his own uh, because he's kind of tired of dealing with it. So, Angle, uh, not really a great boss here, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You know, I, I love Angle, and it's really cool to have him back, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think you would agree. Having Kurt Angle as a part of the WWE, doing something with him, even if it's not full-time wrestling, is super cool. But the way they're portraying him here is kind of like a... I don't want to use the word idiot, but they kind of make him simple. Like, yeah, he he he's a little bit lost here. He he thought he was going to be, you know, in a good situation. He was excited. We were excited, and now it's like, oh, what did you hear? Did you hear something? Oh, oh did I do something wrong? I'm sorry. Oh, oh, uh, you know. So I don't think that I really like that part of this, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, besides that, I mean. I, I still like Kurt Angle being around. Now, talking about the Miz stuff, of course, the Miz putting him in that situation is too easy, right? Because the Miz can out-talk most people. <laughs> I mean, he could make most uh, politicians blush, I think. He could probably just out-talk them. Um, but, you know, the Miz stuff is actually... It's really, honestly, Paul, we talk about this all the time. He's actually really good, and they've actually done a good job up until tonight for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like this at all, and I think you're, this is what you're getting at here. I just kind of felt like they were on a treadmill, and they're repeating what they already did. And did we really need to do that? I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I'd rather them take the night off than repeat other things, the teddy bear thing or the bear, whatever you want to call it. Silly, stupid, just kind of. Uh, did nothing for me, man. So 
I really was not excited and happy about any of this stuff. I mean, I think I'd rather talk about Ambrose and the Drifter before I had talked about these guys. And that's sad because I love The Miz and I love kind of what was going on. Yeah, uh, what Gary's talking about. So before before we get to that match, Miz runs into Rhino and he's Slater backstage. He wants them to, to be in his entourage, follow him around, do all that cool stuff. And Miz even brings up that he made Heath Slater a star in the Marine 5 and that he should be his buddy with him. He'd take him under his wing. Slater says, you know what, man? I really want to be Intercontinental Champion. Uh, and, you know, Miz is like, no, 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 no. You don't want that. You want it. You, you should really just join up with me. And if you do, I'll give you a title shot someday. Rhino uh, just sort of is, is pissed off in the background, eating his cheese and crackers like he always does. And this leads to a tag match. Uh, Heath Slater and Rhino take on The Miz. And his uh, surprise tag team partner is the bear from last week, even though it's a different dude who's this giant person, at least 6'7". Um, he comes in, he kind of gets his butt kicked a little bit, tags the Miz back in. I should also mention that commentary is just making a ton of bear puns the entire time. It's absolutely awful. Um, they Miz beats up the bear, reveals it's not Dean, because that's who he thinks it is. Rolls back into the ring. Uh, he eats a big kick from Heath Slater. Dean comes back into the ring dressed up as the bear now, because I'm assuming they did the old switcheroo, and, uh, lays Miz out with dirty deeds, uh, after Miz loses, or, and then Miz loses the cha- uh, the match after he and Maurice have another, uh, misunderstanding with each other. So, there's a lot to sort of digest here. Obviously, you have the Dean stuff and, and the bad, awful use of the bear here but i think i mean they're kind of teasing some some tension here with miz and maurice and then you know everything isn't all sunshine and rainbows for them right now yeah and with that part of the story i mean i think it gives you that extra layer Mm -hmm. but i don't know how much i'm really excited about the fact that those two are not having great chemistry or not chemistry excuse me not chemistry uh, good relations um mm-hmm. because i you know i don't definitely don't want to see them split up or herbie off tv and him gonna do his own i think they work so well together but i do love the fact that they're teasing this whole you know hey we're not having really good um times as being husband and wife right now because i keep screwing up and i'm paranoid so it's ruining a relationship so that's okay i, I think that does add something um, but as a fan, as a person who actually enjoys their work together, I'm like, oh God, please don't be teasing that this thing's going to end. Um, besides that, this, like you know, you're talking about here, this does add that extra layer, and maybe it's also going to kind of trip up Ambrose. Maybe Ambrose, you know, thinks that he's doing the right thing and he's really screwing up the relationship, and before you know it, they're back on the same page. Um, which I really kind of lean towards. I think eventually it's going to be like, ah, you thought you had us, but you never did. So. I really hope that's where this is going. I like the tease with Slater and Rhino because they're doing nothing. And even though I wish this got capitalized over on SmackDown after they lost the tag team titles, uh, doing this now might be able to at least try to capture some people into getting interested in Heath Slater and Rhino again. The Dean and Miz stuff is just, uh, as you mentioned earlier, pretty much a holding pattern. But uh, the stuff with Miz and Maurice does make me nervous too because I... Uh, we all on this show at least love that pairing. It's made Miz into such a more interesting character. And I'm okay with teasing tension, especially if this is what the story is right now, is that Dean is doing all this to cause a rift between him because Maurice has been a a problem for him in all these matches and uh, trying to at least remove her from the scene so he can get the belt back by doing what he usually does. Is is a you know it's a, It's a nice new wrinkle. I don't know if it's overly interesting, but it's... It is different than what they've been doing before. And there's, you know, I'm, I'm mentioning layers here, Paul, but and notice they're doing so much. They, we just got through talking about a, a love triangle between you know, Big Show, Enzo, and Kaz, and their involvement with the revival and all these other stuff. And now we're once again we're talking about a, another situation that's layered up, right? Ms. Ambrose, Ambrose, mm-hmm. you know, uh, his little thing with the Drifter, Elias Sampson, and of course now you add the layer of you know. The feud, not feud, but the the problems in the relationship of the Miz and Marie. So there's a lot there, and they're kind of putting things together, which it, it could be considered compelling. And then again, it could be considered 
a little jumbled up. I, it just depends on how fans take it. And right. I don't know how a lot of other people are taking it. I'm taking it as okay. Um, I don't necessarily love all this. I kind of like when they focus on, you know, just a pairing. Like, what's going on here? And let's focus on this. But they are doing that a little bit here. And I don't know if that's because they've got future plans for other mm-hmm. things that they want to take place. And they're just sprinkling things in. So we'll just kind of pay attention. But I don't know. I, maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're piggybacking things over to the next thing. I, I don't have a problem with them trying to, to branch out and layer stuff. The problem is a lot of this just isn't terribly interesting. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Not at and, all. Uh I like like I said I do appreciate that they're trying to branch out and bring in all these extra pieces to these things to freshen things up some but Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If it's not all that interesting and you can't make it compelling television, you're kind of just doing what you usually do on Raw, and that's going through the motions. So, I mean, maybe it just needs more time, but, I mean, certainly tonight... I would call a miss for sure on a lot of this, even though there is some interesting ideas being put forward. Yeah, and, it, and here's the thing. You're right. I mean, to me, it's there really needs to be more of a focus, right? And that's mm-hmm. the way I look at this. It's not completely focused. Uh, Ambrose, Miz, okay, focus on that. But within that, do just what you're saying here. Add the layers, which is definitely... Well, you got to add the guy's wife in, Marie, so that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And you want to add the teddy bear stuff or whatever you call it, a bear. Okay, that's another part of this that makes sense. I just – those little things like Elias Sampson being involved, that doesn't matter to anybody. No one cares. As good as they're making Elias Sampson look on Raw every week because Vince McMahon's got his little pet there, it still does not matter. It's not important enough to us as fans to care about. He has not done anything to be, you know, involved in this to make us care that he's involved in this. So I think you're right on that, and that's what's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I think we're sort of on the same page, just looking for for sort of different. I don't know. It sounds like we're on the same page. Let's just leave it at that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Paul. Let's let's just argue about this for the next forty five. No, I'm just joking. Go we ahead. You can move that. on. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But no, it, uh, people would get bored. But yeah. I, I just I, I I do want to say some things about Elias Samson. If if I don't know if you want to. Yeah, no, go for it, dude. I you know I want to say this now. Uh, like I said before, Ambrose and Elias Samson on this show, and I know you. I don't know if you want to set that up, Paul, or not. Um, but I, I think Elias Samson week in and week out actually is getting better. Do you agree or disagree with that? I think they have an idea of what they want to do with him here, and it's more on the main roster. I think people are looking for different things, which is what Elias brings to the table rather than what we saw in NXT, right? Because NXT is very much uh, an indie approach sort of thing with WWE produ- production values and stories and all that stuff, and, and that's really great. But it's not a great fit for Elias, right? The main roster is though, because he has. He's a fair wrestler, but he has a gimmick that I think that they can do a lot with. And they sort of are, right? I mean, they seem to have fine-tuned the drifter thing into more of a wannabe rock star sort of deal. Um, which which we've seen work before. And, you know, I, he's in a feud with somebody who at least is, is seemed and put into a very important position on the car with Dean Ambrose. So I think there's a lot of interest there, and admittedly, I mean, the songs and whatever they're writing for him is actually pretty good. Um, so I, I, I don't know if it's better, but he's certainly being presented better, and I think that's, I think that's the big takeaway for me here. 
Yeah, and, and maybe it is the presentation. You may be onto something, but I, I will say this. He seems more comfortable in his shoes. Mm-hmm. That's where I kind of came off on this because as he's singing these songs and as he's doing you know, his whole presentation, he felt just like, hey, I'm at home. This is just like I'm in front of my mirror. That's what I kind of felt like with him. And when we saw him on NXT and some of his earlier stuff, you're just kind of like, oh, my God, I don't think he really knows what he's supposed to be doing here. Mm-hmm. So... I, I have to say, maybe it's a little bit of both. The presentation and his own personal work in this, I think, is really matched up well for him. And he's not an important person for a lot of people right now, and he shouldn't be. I mean, he just really came on the scene. But I think this could lead him in a direction where people could start to really get behind him and the fact that they all either really hate him or they may have some, you know, stragglers who just kind of love hating the things that the fans love or hate, you know, that whatever the opposite opposite day is, they're going to love it. So he could have some little stragglers of fans there. Um, but I will say, you know, I think wrestling wise, he did fine here with Ambrose and all that, too. So Elias Sampson, I may not be a big fan of yours or anything like that, but I will say I've got to give you credit. It looked a little pretty good here and i i think you're believable now whereas i saw you earlier in nxt i really just didn't find it believable i yeah i believability is is a thing to take away for sure i mean obviously in nxt there's such a emphasis on work rate i think it, it, in front of the crowds they go to and that they present to you on the network um even though for full sale i would say it's probably less and if you're more just an entertaining act the whole way around um, they'll buy into you, but that never really happened for Elias down there, right? I mean, people, uh, I don't think ever really took to him, even uh, as they have before with a lot of other heels. Um, Almas, I think, is a good example where I think the crowd's taken to him uh, as they've started building that act so- up some. Um, so it's it's very interesting to see that shift, uh, and I, I think it just really goes to show you the difference between what they want to do in NXT and what they do on the main roster and making that transition for some people is easier because I think they're gearing them towards that role on the main roster already where for some some other people uh, it's much more about trying to fine tune what you already do and try to see if it'll fly on the main roster um, which I think is what you get a lot more with the indie stars rather than pet projects the WWE works on from the ground up essentially. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, it's an indie promotion in a way. And there's a lot more different expectations in that realm. And mm-hmm. so you, you've got to understand that. And I think, you know, what you're saying here is completely right on the last Samson. So I'm just I'm just happy with the, the guy's doing well for, for yeah, himself right absolutely. now. You know, and I'm not praising him. I'm not saying this guy is the next big, huge star. I'm just saying I appreciate the growth that I've seen. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, let's, let's move on. Let's talk about some cruiserweights here. Uh, Cedric Alexander gets a video package. Uh, he gets some time with Noam Dar saying that, look, man, tonight is really going to be it for us. I'm, I'm tired of dealing with you. He goes out there, absolutely schools Noam Dar in like 10 seconds. Uh, and then we move on from that. So hopefully that actually is over because they said this is over at least twice now. It needs to be. Like, it, it really, please let this be it. It yeah. needs to be done. It's this has just been dragging and dragging. Good, great, Cedric Alexander. A little hand clap for you. Beating one, two, three. Move on. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, just for new, Noam Dar. That was, I liked your Pizza Hut commercial a lot better than this. <laughs> it, it it was way better. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, yes, you had a little help. You know, we we had Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson be involved in that commercial, but I just good god, that was so annoying. If they were now, if they were trying to give us an award uh, to give out on Raw for the most annoying, they won it. Him and Alicia Fox won it hands down. Uh, that was annoying. It was stupid. I. Uh, yeah, that's just the way I felt about it. I'm sorry, I just did not enjoy that very much. That's all right. That's fine. Like, like it's been over. It's overdone. It's talked to death. Let's move on from that, right? Yeah. Uh, Neville faces Rich Swan later on in the evening. He absolutely decimates Rich, uh, which kind of ha- is a fifty-fifty thing for me because Rich was seemingly being positioned to maybe challenge for him again. He quickly deals with that um, and. Uh, Grabs the uh, grabs the microphone and talks about all the people he's beaten: Austin Aries, TJP, Rich Swan. Now, uh, well, again, technically, 
and um, he's wondering how many more pretenders he has to go through, and uh, brings up Akira Tozawa, who Titus O'Neil has been saying that he's going to be the next Cruiserweight Champion. Neville does not uh, believe that Titus is right, and uh, if Akira Tozawa is interested in stepping up, he will be sure to uh, make him bend the knee to the King of the Cruiserweights. Neville continues to be the most entertaining thing on the Cruiserweight division. Some of the most entertaining segments on Raw are still with Neville. Uh, I, I still can't get enough of this guy. Yeah, I, me either. I think there's a reason why he's a part of that division and why it actually, let's be honest, had times where a lot of people were paying attention. Not, not maybe everybody, but I think a lot more people were paying attention because his name was involved. And a lot of people do enjoy what he does. So you got to give him credit. He's still doing it. He's doing an excellent job as the 205 Live, if you want to call it, Cruiserweight Champion. Um. It made sense here for me uh, because of the fact that Rich Swan really kind of was that next guy to be involved and actually get an opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that they knew that they wanted to do something with Tozawa, and I think that they wanted to find a way to get him involved and, and be a part of that picture. And this is the best way, right? Have the champion talk about him. Mm-hmm. Have him get out there and kind of say, you know, you're not going to do anything to me and blah, 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 and just kind of put the guy down. So it's basically a way of introducing him without introducing him and so good job on them i think that's great you kind of put rich swan to the side until they get that thing done mm-hmm. good job I'm, i was completely happy with this sure it, it does kind of suck because swan comes out of this kind of looking like a chomp but guess what he'll come back he'll he'll do good things i'm not worried about that yeah for sure uh and it'd be interesting to see how they they capitalize this on 205 live tomorrow too so uh whether we get another multi-man number one contendership match or not or something like that yeah. Um, and let's go ahead and talk about this Kalisto and Apollo Cruz match because Tozawa is involved in this. Um, Cruz is out, sort of trying to get revenge on his loss that he took, as well as Titus's from last week. Uh, he does end up beating Kalisto in about two and a half minutes or so. Uh, that's all well and good. And then we have Tozawa stand up at ringside and applaud Apollo's win. Titus has him come over the the barricade and, and sort of gets him in the ring to take a selfie with him. So. Obviously, this isn't over. I'm. This is very vaguely interesting. Like it's kind of cooled off some, I think, uh, just because they haven't really positioned it as to whether they're trying to turn Apollo heel or whether, you know, there, there's a lot of unknown factors here. Despite the fact that this has been going on for almost a month. Yeah, you know what, and this is getting close to dragging as well. Mm-hmm. If you ask me personally, and you see you're you're bringing up Apollo being heel, I think that they need to do that. I think they need to hurry and do that sooner than later. Let's let's bring this story around to where he actually turns completely heel, mm-hmm. and then find that next chapter. I think that you know having Tazawa as part of this is is kind of interesting. But once again, I mean, if you got Tazawa in a situation where he's going to be heading over there to the cruiserweights and trying to take out neville to gain the cruiserweight title where is this going with him and that titus brand i mean really i mean it, it would make sense if this was the only thing that tazawa was doing because apollo turns heel tazawa's pissed at him feud right no big deal but yeah. where are we going? Is Tozawa against Neville? Is he teaming up to be a part of the Titus brand? It's like, make your mind up. That, that's kind of the way I feel about it. And I have a scary feeling, Paul, they're going to stretch this out even longer. Oh, I would not and, be surprised. <laughs> and that sounds terrible, doesn't it? And that's not exciting. So I will hold my judgment to an extent because maybe it will turn out to be something that I will like. Mm-hmm. But for now... I'm not excited, and if they turn Apollo heel, I'll be happy. If they keep him babyface for another month or two and just let Titus do this stuff, good God, I am going to be complaining out the wazoo. Right, right. Uh, let's uh, let's get back on track here with the main event scene, because uh, Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins have some dueling promo talk. Wyatt's still talking about trying to get revenge on everybody. He seems to have made his first target excuse me, Seth Rollins, uh, who he says Seth thinks he has all the answers. He thinks he's this uh, 
person who is much larger than who he thinks he is and he says he's going to make him pay for his transgressions and his ignorance and all the things that he's done to him uh this brings rollins out uh and clarifies that hey man wyatt is the one who cost him his match with joe because you know of all these other things that the, that he brings up like name calling and whatever calls wyatt a false prophet they they sort of start building up to them maybe brawling until Wyatt sort of disappears. This bored me, honestly. <laughs> Neither of them really gave me anything of substance to dig into other than, well, you cost me this match and you cost me that match, so let's fight. I got two words for you, and it's not the ones you're thinking of, Paul. But it is this. White noise. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I felt about this. In fact, I was a little distracted during this segment. Completely happy being distracted because this was not anything different, anything grand. It was there. You know, the, the, the best thing about this, mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt did his whole mystical thing and appeared on the Titantron. That is the best thing out of this. Is that grand? No. It just makes Wyatt feel a little mystical. Mm-hmm. Well, they, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you're right. It, really. it, it's boring. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah. and, and I hate to be that way because I think you're sitting here talking about you. You just mentioned it, Paul. You said main event. These two guys are in that main event picture, mm-hmm. and this feud already is just kind of bleh. So that's not good. They've got to heat it up. They've got to find some way to do it. And I get it. You know, they've got to build somewhere. But this is taking baby steps. Let's not take baby steps. Let's actually take full grown adult steps here because you need to do that to get some traction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, um, so, once again, uh, to, to kind of keep touching on that Fatal Five way that we're still talking about as far as main event stuff goes, no Roman Reigns on this show, although Roman uh, will be on Raw next week to unveil his plans for SummerSlam. So Raw seemingly already skipping over Great Balls of Fire with with Reigns and still no Finn Balor, still no Finn Balor. I don't it boggles my mind, but clearly they're too busy boring us with all this other stuff. I think the last thing we really have left to talk about is the women's division. Alexa Bliss gets a promo. This turns into a big revolving door with all the women in division. Uh, Nia Jax wants her title shot still. Alexa is trying to win Nia over to her side so she doesn't have to fight her again. Uh, Mickey and Dana show up and, and run uh, Alexa down some more. You have uh, Emma come back. She, she's back from injury, thank God. Um, however, they kind of instantly put her back down the ladder again uh, because she says she's ready to take her place as a champion. Alexa just sort of laughs her off. This leads uh, to Sasha coming out, who sort of is you know done with the talking and ends up attacking Alexa, which leads to a six-woman tag as Sasha Banks... Dana Brooke and Mickey James take on Bliss, Emma, and Jax. Uh, Emma ends up eating the pinfall here after uh, Alexa walks out on her team. Uh, uh, it seems like we're positioning now for Sasha and Alexa moving forward. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I was kind of sold on the idea of Bailey and Sasha doing it again at SummerSlam, and it's obviously not too late to keep going back to that idea, but it seems like whatever they were thinking of doing with Bailey, they're backing off on either because Alexa is doing so well or because what they did with Bailey just didn't work and it's cooled her off so much to where they don't feel like that match would fly anymore. Yeah, and I definitely want to talk about Bailey, so I'll yeah. we'll, we'll talk about this. I'm sure you're going to get into that next, but mm-hmm. okay, so this whole this whole segment here it had its points where it was kind of good. And then it had its points where it was just kind of, hmm. Okay, so uh, I think Alexa Bliss, she can do her job, get up there, speak her business. But for the most part, I think nothing that could have been said really was going to make this overly super entertaining. You just have a bunch of ladies coming out saying, I deserve it. No, I deserve it. No, I deserve it. And you have Emma come out, which everybody's kind of like, cool, back, yay. But then it's just kind of like, uh, um. So I don't think we really got anything super amazing out of that. All we know is a bunch of people want to get Alexa Bliss's title. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you have the match itself. 
get into that. You see who the bad people are supposed to be and the good people. You get that whole scenario. Uh, but I think the best thing out of the match itself is Alexa Bliss walking out on her side. And that just shows you she's out for herself. And that means a lot to what's going on here. But still, it's a little bit of a cluster. You still need some answers on, you know, who's that next person. If it's not Nia Jax, who is that next person going for her title, right? So I think that they really need to answer some more questions. And I think they will. I just, uh, really, Paul, I didn't find this overly great, right? I didn't think it was the worst thing we've seen because, trust me, we saw that about two to three weeks ago on Raw with the whole this is your life thing. That was probably the worst thing we could have seen. But this was just kind of... You know, it, it was okay. Yeah, I, I think okay and just there is about summing this up. I get what they're trying to do, right? They're taking a page out of SmackDown's book where they're trying to work all of the women into feuds uh, and sort of try to position them that way, seeing as what they were trying to do on Raw uh, has been thrown completely out the window with the Superstar shakeup, where they were trying to work from a top-down sort of perspective. That's... Um, I think it was all well and good. I just don't think it panned out for them as well as they wanted it to. And, of course, then the shakeup happens, right? So, uh, let's let's before we dive some more into how they're doing this, uh, Bailey does a sit-down interview with Corey Graves. Uh, they talk about her loss at Extreme Rules. And Bailey says she's not here to hurt people, and the match that she was in was designed for that, so she was at a complete loss because she's only here to make people happy, put smiles on their faces, and all that. She didn't. She didn't get to where she was. By being this completely different other person, she got here by being herself, and uh, they continue to sort of talk about that some more. They talk about Bliss and what Bailey wants to do now going forward since that seems to be over, and she wants to go into WrestleMania as champion, she wants to regain the title and all that stuff, um, but for her, it's it's more about, you know, hugs and stuff like that, so they end the promo with her giving Graves this awkward-ass hug, which is kind of funny, because Graves is just perfect at selling this. Because uh, Bailey goes, man, that was nice, right? And he goes, man, I need a cigarette. <laughs> oh, the, and, and that last comment was probably the best mm-hmm. out of all this. Um, you know, Paul, I, I wanted to come in here, and I wanted to come in and talk about this and say, oh, well, that, that you know was good. That explained things to us. It explained things to us, but it also, I, I'm really terrified, gave us uh, the wrong idea about Bailey. And for a lot of fans watching who don't know a lot about it, who don't have that internal, built-in fandom for Bailey, watching NXT for all these years, uh, that's what a little terrifies me. I'll also use this example. Um I, I, I kind of watched this and I kind of thought back to my personal life and I have a daughter and my daughter will, oh, I'll say be outside and I'll say, hey, you know, get your bike. Let's bring it in. It's time to come in. It's getting a little hot outside. And the conversation with her to me, I'm talking about the bicycle. I'm expecting her to do that. And her explanation to me is, well, I left my bunny rabbit on the ground. I'm going to pick that up. And, oh, by the way, I love you, and I get nothing out of that because that's great. I I love her, too, but I need her bicycle inside along with her. <laughs> and so I'm bringing this around to the point of, Bailey, I get it. You're not made for this kind of match. I, I I think we kind of figured that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, you want the hug? Okay, well we, that's that's awesome. You're you're such a sweetheart. But let's let's not talk about that. Let's 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 understand that you have emotions about this. This is almost like, yeah, I lost the match. Okay, well you know I'm just not that type of person. Love me. That's what I got out of it, and I hated that. I really mm-hmm. did, and I feel like we were already taking steps backwards on Bailey. It's almost like, hey, this is a complete reverse. Let's just keep rewinding to where I you just did. Oh, I'm frustrated with it, Paul. It's it is frustrating to think about, right? Because Bailey was coming in off this huge wave of momentum from NXT, and they've kind of done a superb job of just shooting all that right in the face and leaving it in the gutter. Uh, if this is a long-term story to get Bailey to the point that we were talking about what we were hoping was going to come to a head extreme rules where Alexa finally pushes her too far and we're still working up to that, then 
then maybe that's, you know, and this is sort of there to try to just reset all that and push us further that way to reestablish, hey, Bailey's a sweet person, that's not who she is, but work up to that. I might be okay with this in the long run. But as far as today, especially when you need Bailey, I think to come back and look strong, because she's got to be the other person you're counting on in this division outside of Sasha and Alexa, because everybody else is either has no momentum going for them or uh, is still being worked on. Like Naya, I think, is, is still probably a, a project they're working on pushing up there. You know, it, it's it's going to be kind of rough going. And with the faces sort of being a little... Uh, I think the faces are the weaker characters in the women's division right now. Uh, you really need Bailey to be a hit. And this just... I, this does nothing, I think, to help you try to rehab that image of her or anything. Like, like we get it. She's a sweet person. We know that. Uh, especially if you've been around since NXT. But this this isn't... You're falling back on something we already know instead of trying to fall back on trying to create something new for her in addition to, right? So uh, this this is kind of another huge misfire on this show. And you said you're falling back on something we already know, but, you know, I really don't know if they've done enough of showcasing her as a person that hugs a ton. They've, they've made reference towards it, and she has given out hugs, but I don't think it's been something extremely strong within her character when it when compared to NXT. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the casual fans watching Raw are just kind of like, okay, well, this person comes out of nowhere. I'm supposed to believe immediately available and ready to go against our top women's champion. What, why? And maybe this is a case of we got what we asked for, but yet maybe what we asked for was not exactly what we needed. I, I know that's weird for me to say, but maybe the way this to work out the way we really needed it to work out and wanted to work out should have been her easing her way into that picture of the title maybe easing her way through comedy through being kind giving hugs going back and and like walking around backstage kind of like we saw with elias samson right people mm-hmm. kind of got he got our attention because he's walking backstage strumming the guitar subtly until he got on roll and i think if you would have had a bailey walking around she would have gave McFully hugs and Kurt Angle. She's like, "I'm so love you. I love milk. Hug him, and then and then hug Luke. Uh, you know, Gallows and Anderson. Just go back and do that. And if they would have done that at the first, I think there would have been so much more support for her. The way we did it may have kind of shot us in the foot. And I don't want to be weird about that. I just think if we could have built the same way she built herself in NXT. It may have been a different story down the line, but it's too late to go back now. Let's just hope that they can find some way and somehow to get her back in the good graces of the fans where they care more about what she's doing. Right. Uh, because they absolutely need that, right? So hopefully they can figure something out here. Uh, I think that pretty much does it for everything on this episode of Raw, so I think we just got to put a number on it. Gary, what are you going to give it? This is tough. Um, I, I, I think, you know, you, you were correct. There's a couple of things on this show that were good, and that's the beginning and end here. Um, you know, the pull apart, and of course, and the tag title uh, matchup. I, I think there were some things in this show sprinkled in that had some value, but not great value. I got to give it a five. I, I, I don't, I mean, I should maybe even think about a four, but I think a five because it's somewhere in the middle of. Just being an episode of Raw, that's about it. There you go, guys. So I, I think that they're like once again, they're doing something. They're trying to build, but this one was just not a good one. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff to want to like here. It's just not all that interesting. The opening segment is great. I think the tag team title situation is in good hands right now, even though it's a short term fix to a long term problem they've been having. Everything else in the middle, there's a lot of interesting things happening they're just not all that exciting uh and if they can manage to build outward from this and try to make those things they've established on the show exciting then raw is going to be in really great shape but as for right now the show sucked uh it, it was it was not very good everything in the middle between the main event and the opener was just hot garbage uh i'm giving it a four i think that's being generous even though because i i liked a lot of the smaller pieces that they tried to set in place on this show even though once again they're not interesting but once again, you build outwards from what you established tonight, and you make it interesting. I think people are going to forget about this raw pretty quickly. 
Uh, I'm right there with you. So there you go, guys. Hey, if you want to join the conversation, you want us to know what you have to think about this. Maybe you actually really like this episode of Raw and you want to yell at us, or maybe you want to agree with us and say, hey, it was not that good. Hit us up. Hey, we have a Facebook group. Go to Wrestling to the Max on Facebook, and of course you have us right there. Get our attention that way, or go to W2MNet.com. Maybe make a comment on this episode we're doing right now. Of course, you can go check out episode 251, part one, which we'll be doing tonight as well, and of course part two later in the week. You can make your comments known there as well and just kind of get into the conversation we appreciate everybody that already does that it's really awesome make sure you also go subscribe at wrestling to the max or the w2m network plus don't forget to once again to go rate and review that just gives us help in getting other eyes on this product and letting people know that hey these guys love wrestling just like you hey let them you know let our voice be heard so thank you guys so much uh i am gary vaughn and that is paul deezer and we will catch you guys down the road have a good one guys The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.